we're in an era of rapid change where resilience is vital. The Devoot for Thought podcast dives into the most important topics in government and technology today. Our host, Devoot Goats, sits down with his vast network of colleagues to dish on the tech challenges that affect us all. Follow this podcast on your favorite platform and join the conversation by sharing it on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Direct Technologies' Davood for Thought podcast. I am Davood Oates, and I will be your host today. The way I stay up with the pressing topics of tech and government of today is to tap into the panel of experts I've had the honor of connecting with over the years. Today, we have Dennis Noon joining us on the podcast. Dennis is the managing editor of TechWire, a newsletter that all of us in California IT community know well. He's a career journalist who has worked as a reporter and editor at news organizations in California, Nevada, Texas, and Virginia, as well as with USA Today in Washington, D.C. In his role at TechWire, Dennis has interviewed many IT leaders, and we thought it would be interesting and perhaps thought-provoking if we interviewed the interviewer. Without going too much into your background, Dennis, I want to welcome you to this episode of Davut for Thought podcast and ask you to tell us about your background. For someone who doesn't know about your area of expertise, please give us a brief overview of what you do and how much have you learned about IT since you've been at TechWire. Thank you, Davut. It's great to be here with you. Uh, I'll answer your last question first. Everything I know about IT and technology in government has pretty much happened in the last four or five years since I've been with TechWire. Um, my background professionally is as a longtime newspaper journalist. I was in for about 40 years in newspapers from small community papers up to USA Today was the biggest one where I worked. Uh, my background has always been editing and writing straight news, general news, including politics, police, courts, what have you. So the technology moved to me when I came to uh, eRepublic and to TechWire four and a half, almost five years ago now, uh, was a very, very steep learning curve, which I would endorse and suggest for anybody among my peers who is contemplating a change in career as people migrate from newspapers into other fields. Technology is rife with opportunity and it's a good thing mid-career to have to learn a few new tricks. You were kind enough to vood early on in my tenure here at TechWire to kind of give me the grounding on a lot of what I needed to know. Your facility was the first tech office that I toured. Um, it knocked my eye out with the technology you've got and the capabilities you have at Direct Technology. And since then, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, learning, learning, learning. Yeah. And as I said, I think it's refreshing and healthy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for that introduction. And uh, yeah, uh, IT is probably the fastest changing area. Um, and uh, it has proven to be so even more during the uh, pandemic and the past 12, 14 months that we have experienced. Dennis, in your role, you interview a lot of CIOs and IT leaders. In your role, what emerging trends are you seeing that we in the IT field should be paying more attention to? What do you hear most? 
Well, one of the sources that I use, uh, my, myself and my partner, Theo Douglas, who is the assistant managing uh, editor of TechWire, we like to keep, keep track of procurement. That tends to be sort of a leading indicator of what's coming just over the horizon and what's around the corner. We use a number of resources, as you mentioned, we interview CIOs and CTOs and CISOs regularly. Um, we also keep, a, keep track of Cali Procure, which is the, the database that indicates what departments are spending what on IT goods and services and telecom. Um, that tends to, uh, as I mentioned, it's kind of an early indicator of what's coming. Um, among the trends and emerging trends, I think I probably hear the same thing you do at the webinars that we all attend. Um, you know, back to work is sort of the next step. We, we went from the, all of a sudden we're going to be home for two weeks to, okay, we've been home for over a year working remotely. Is it time to go back or are we going to stay put or is there going to be a hybrid and I think the answers to all of those questions lie in technology. So I think the back to work is the next coming trend um, with governments figuring out how to deal with telephone calls and how to deal with email forwarding and how to deal with cybersecurity with a distributed workforce. I think that those things are fueled by the availability of funding. Obviously those in the vendor community are interested in new funding streams that governments have coming because that will directly translate to opportunities for them to do business with government. So I think if you, if you follow the trends, obviously artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, robotic process automation, those things all seem to be kind of the au courant technologies of today. Um, and I think some of those go to another point that you and I have talked about earlier, which is resiliency. I think all of those things help with resiliency. Um, I think that, uh, as governments collaborate, governments small and large now, I think play a bigger role. It's not just the big fish calling the tunes. I think that there are some smaller governments that are doing some pretty revolutionary things to stay ahead of the curve and in some ways to lead the curve. Yeah, excellent. I do read the uh, articles on uh, procurement and you guys do a great job in analysis of the procurements in the state and I, I, I agree with you. That is a good indicator of what the state is spending on, and therefore, those are the trends that we see. But uh, you know, the um, also machine learning, AI, robotics, resiliency, and things like that that you mentioned are exactly what the CIOs are saying too. Some of the interviews that we have done already on this podcast also um, indicate that those are some of the emerging trends. You know, one of the related to this topic, one of the books that came out about 10, 12 years ago was Does IT Matter? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think the last 12, 14 months have proved that proven to us that um, not only IT does matter, but it has been an integral part of us having to work remotely and making sure that we can continue and be resilient. So thank you for that answer. Um, my next question is uh, about uh, how we do things uh, at different organizations. Like most organizations, at Direct Technology, when we engage with a client, we always talk about how are we going to do a project to get a project done. But we also, at Direct Technology, we ask why. Why are we doing what we are doing? So my question to you, 
what is your why? What motivates you in your work? That's a great question. Um, I have always been motivated as a journalist. My interest has always been to digest and, and, uh, and repeat back and interpret information that I've gotten from my sources, that I try to be a neutral vessel just to convey the message. As that has changed, as the landscape has changed, in some ways, my role calls for me to be a bit, a bit of a, a connector or even an evangelist. I love the networking. I miss the in-person events, and I love how the online events are adapting the webinars to the networking, to that need. I think sometimes the accidental meetings or talks in a lobby are the ones that do spur innovation most. So for me, I get a charge out of connecting people. Um, I get a charge out of understanding somebody to the point that I can figure out this person's been a source for me for news for two or three years, but I also enjoy them personally. So it's, it's allowed me to get to know some really, really smart people and have a good time while learning a whole lot. And I think that uh, I consider myself very fortunate to be in the position I'm in because I don't have a, a, a direct tie to any one particular faction of the ecosystem of, of GovTech. Um, I've got a leg in the private sector. I've got a leg in the public sector. I'm able to kind of float back and forth between them and pick and choose. And that to me is the big pleasure is the, the variety of people and opportunities, no two days are ever the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, I miss the talks in the lobby too. Yeah. <laughs> and to tell you, uh, honestly, when I attended the Beyond the Beltway um, conference not too long ago, uh, I noticed and I was pleasantly surprised to see a virtual talk in the lobby there. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool, actually. It was it uh, the next best thing, I guess. But nothing will take the place of one-on-one -on -one personal interactions or group interactions. And I think we're coming back toward that. I think more and more things as things open up and more people get vaccinated and more restaurants open. I think we have an opportunity. I have a couple of things on my calendar, uh, coffee and lunch meetings, that it's been a whole year. And I just can't wait to get eyeball to eyeball with somebody again. I know. Direct Technology had a in-person meeting with DGS last week. So hopefully it will happen. Yeah, That sounds like a pretty good story. We can talk about that later, Davood. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. My next question revolves around two critical words in an organization, inspiration and innovation. What inspires innovation in your organization and on your team, Dennis? Within our organization, um, you know, I'll take the micro view, TechWire specifically, as well as our sister publications, Government Technology, Governing Magazine. Um, we all are driven by the news of the day. You know, we try to report what's happening and see around corners to what's happening next. And I think that a lot of innovation is driven by need. I think the first thing is need. And I think we saw that with COVID. When everybody went home last March, organizations large and small across the country had to adapt, some of them in a matter of days, to equipping thousands of people with laptops and remote work capabilities. That was a need that then translated into innovation. And there have been some things that have come from that. I mean, the explosion of Teams and Zoom and video meetings. I think the, um, the coming adoption of new technologies in terms of collaboration, whether it be Google Docs or some other platform, 
all of those things are driven by need. And I think, as they say, necessity is the mother of invention. I think that that opens up options and then the natural winners emerge. You know, when a social media platform begins, it's, it's in its infancy. And who would have ever predicted Facebook w- would become what it became or LinkedIn or Twitter or any of those. Right. So I think a lot of it is the need drives innovation and then the innovation creates new avenues and new opportunities. Yeah. And your organization is definitely getting pretty innovative on around uh, putting conferences uh, in the <laughs> virtual world. That's for sure. This next question, uh, Dennis, is something that you ask all your interviewees, or most of them anyway. So on their behalf, I want to ask you the same question. What are your hobbies and what do you enjoy reading? (laughs) Well, obviously, I read TechWire. I read the parts that I haven't already written. Um, (laughs) I like to keep up with, uh, well, my inbox is is a nightmare, but I get all kinds of newsletters and updates, and I follow a lot of different media um, Wired, Politico, you name it. Uh, Cal Matters, I think, is a huge resource that uh, that this state has and should consider itself lucky to have because I think there's nothing like Cal Matters as a nonprofit. They provide a tremendous platform and a clearinghouse, and they're very talented, ethical people. Uh, that's and I'm I'm not nakedly plugging here, but it's CalMatters.org. And we sometimes use some of their content. We have agreements with them where we're able to use some of their stuff. Those sorts of things are what intrigue me. Um, As far as me personally, what excites me is I love meeting people. I'm a very social animal. Um, I have enjoyed working remotely for the past year, but I can't wait to get back out and have a cup of coffee with you or take a ride over to CDT and see their new offices when they move. Um, I enjoy the social side of it as well. I think there's also room in our relationships for humor. I think we have to remember that we're not just A or B, one or zero, public or private sector, but I think we're all people who work together in an ecosystem. And I would tell you one thing that has impressed me since I got into technology, specifically in California, is the, the idealism and the altruism of state employees. I think there are a lot of people in state leadership and in mid-level management, and even in the trenches at the engineer level and the developer level, who are motivated by good. They're not motivated by the dollar. They're not motivated by ego. They want to make government better in California. That, to me, happily aligns with eRepublic's mission, which is to use digital technology to create better government. So whatever hand we can take in that is what excites me and motivates me. Personally, um, I have some outside interests. I enjoy uh, sculpting. I, I sculpt heads in, in water-based clay. I've been doing that for about five years. Never had an artistic bone in my body and wound up taking a class on a dare. And I've just absolutely loved it. Um, I've gotten to do a lot of fun things in my career. And I've begun doing some, some uh, freelance personal writing about some of the adventures I've had as a journalist over the years. I got to fly a Blue Angels jet one time. I got to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I got to do some very cool things that uh, I've continued to feel very fortunate about. Wow. We could do another whole session on those. (laughs) I've got pictures. I've seen some of your, uh, some pictures of your sculptures and uh, you do a really good, good job and good work. So uh, please tell us more on future TechWire articles, maybe. (laughs) Well, we've got, um, 
We started a, a little over a year ago, a weekly series called TechWire One-on-One in which we do a Q&A with a CIO or a CTO of either a state department or an influential city or county in, in California. Um, that, that feature has proven to be quite successful and one of our best read features. And I think it's because a good number of our subscribers are in the private sector who want to do business and serve the state. And learning about CIOs gives them some insight, what they like to read and what their hobbies may be. There's nothing like a warm introduction, but if you don't have that and you're making a sales call on a CTO or a CIO, you know, if the, your kids went to the same college or if you enjoy the same pastime, whether you you both golf or fly drones or whatever you do, I think those things can be the glue for relationships as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really liked uh, the, your comment about uh, there has to be room for humor and the, that the one-on-one -on -one interaction is uh, not going to go away. We at Direct Technology um, want to shed more light on the human side of tech. That's why we ask uh, personal questions like this one. What is something that would surprise people about your background or interest? Probably, well, I don't know if it's surprising or not, but I would say I've known since I was about 11 years old that I wanted to be a journalist. I always consider myself very lucky to never have to ask what I wanted to be when I grew up um, because I always knew. Um, I didn't imagine that my career path would take me into technology, but what better place to be right now? Because if there's anything that's dynamic and fluid and ever-changing, it's technology. And if there's one thing a journalist needs, it's change and fluidity. Otherwise, we'd have nothing to write about. So I see the, the hockey stick curve of innovation continuing to, to dramatically rise. And I think as we look around, in some ways, the, the COVID work from home protocols have sort of been an equalizer among different governments in California. I think some smaller cities have emerged through this as being at the forefront. Um, there's some fantastic things going on in relatively small to mid-sized cities. Carlsbad, California, Foster City, San Leandro, Roseville particularly. Uh, a lot of those cities are leading the edge when it comes to adoption of things like fiber optics or broadband among the community that didn't have access before, um, and counties as well. Uh, San Joaquin County, Sonoma County, Ventura County have all been leaders and have been recognized um, in, in contests that my parent company, E-Republic, award ceremonies that we have, um, digital cities, digital counties. The cream is rising to the top across all levels of government. And I find that very exciting that no longer does a city of 70 or 80,000 people have to take a back seat to one of the big mega cities in California. These smaller cities can emerge as leaders. And I think that the individuals leading technology in those cities are emerging as leaders. Um, to take an example, I think Roseville, uh, Hung Se is the very talented CIO over there. He's also the president of the Municipal Information Systems Association of California. Um, so he has a role within the city, regionally and statewide. That is a thought leader that may not come from, I mean, Roseville is not a small city, but it's not Los Angeles or San Francisco. Um, but that, that's giving rise to a lot of talent and giving oxygen to a level of the industry that I think was, I don't want to say elbow to side, but maybe overlooked before. Right, right. Thank you. Yeah. 
That's uh, that's great, Dennis. Uh, digitization is definitely on the forefront. And uh, by the way, I have a um, I have a email to Mr. Say in Roseville for a future podcast. He's uh, going to get back to me, so hopefully I will get to interview him as well. But like you said, you know that uh, proverb that says, "May you live in interesting times." <laughs> we have definitely are living in interesting times. Indeed, we are. And I wouldn't have it any other way, Davu. That's right. That's right. So my last question, Dennis. Mm -hmm. uh, besides TechWire, where can people find you and keep tabs on what you're working on? So I'm all over LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn. I use that as a news gathering source. I use that as a social platform. I use that to connect um, with friends and to make new friends. And so please find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and in TechWire, the bottom of every morning's newsletter has got a direct link to my email address. Right. And as I tell our folks, I love to hear from people. We are only as good as our sources. Everybody is a potential source, either on or off the record. Uh, and I, I just love engaging with people. So if you have a, an idea for a story or feedback about something or an observation about a trend in the industry, please drop me a note. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dennis. Thank you to all the listeners out there for joining us as well. We will see you in the next episode of Davood for Thought, where we will shed more light on the human side of tech.